You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. It is your postgame show. Uh, Cleveland Browns went down to Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay comes away with a 13-12 win. Is it a concern? No, it's not a concern. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff here. Uh, for the most part, in my opinion, a good showing. And we're going to get into that in the factors and the levels. I guess we'll start here offensively. Um, first things first, um, you got to keep in mind, and I, I see some people out there with the negativity about the offensive performance. You left 4,000 yards and probably 30 touchdowns of what's going to be this Browns offense in the 2019 season on the bench. No Odell, no Jarvis Landry, no Nick Chubb, no David Njoku. That's going to be 75% to 80% of the offensive output for what this franchise is going to bring this year. Uh, Look, Baker played. Baker wants to play. Baker doesn't like to sit around. Uh, I think this was more of Baker going to Freddie and saying, I want to play. And that's what Freddie let him, you know, do. And the bigger concern here is the offensive line. Uh, Obviously, Greg Robinson with a couple penalties got beat inside a couple of times. Uh, Eric Cush with some fundamental mistakes. There was one where he got caught with his head down, basically got pushed down by a pass rusher, blew past him. Those are things you're going to worry about. Uh, Also, there was no running game whatsoever. Uh, Look, even with Kareem Hunt in there with an extended advantage, nothing came from the running game. That certainly concerns you. There is no doubt about that. Um, week one against, you know, preseason against Washington, you know, Nick Chubb was able to get a little something going. To Ernest Johnson had a nice yards per carry average last week in Indianapolis. Nothing came from that this week, the running game. Uh, zero, you know, zero came from it. Uh, you weren't able to play action because the, pay, uh, the offensive line wasn't good enough. Not The problem here today with the offense was the offensive line. So if that's what your concern is, don't put it on Baker. Don't put it on the skill. It's on the offensive line. They had a rough day. They had a really bad day. There was really no way to go around that. Derek Willies, in my opinion, showed some nice things early. Um, Jalen Strong took a step back today. That's something we're going to worry about. Rashard Higgins, um, I think for the most part, gave you what Higgins is going to give you, that catch in the end zone. He's not going to make that. Uh Odell Beckham Jr. is certainly going to make that one. Uh, so that you know some ups and downs, obviously offensively. Um, but if you look at it this way, is it was Baker and the offensive line didn't play well, and all of their twos against most of Tampa Bay's defensive ones, and they walked out of the first half with a lead of nine nothing. Uh, you take what you get in that scenario. That's the positive, and in, in, especially in a week three scenario of a playoff, base it on the first half. Just take it from there. Uh, to Ernest Johnson, I think he just keeps winning me over. Um, whether it's running the ball, whether it's receiving the ball, I think he gives you what is there. He gets what is given to him. As you know, and you guys know, I've talked about this. I've had my doubts about what's going to you know go on at the running back position since Nick Chubb has been gone. I, I think though, I don't want to say they're erased. Um, I still wouldn't be surprised if a veteran was brought in here somehow, some way. And even if that veteran doesn't play week one, just have somebody that's familiar with the system. If week one doesn't go perfectly and you want to put them in there for week two. But Ernest Johnson is certainly 
showing his wear. We're going to get to him again here in a little bit. But I, I think he's looking like somebody that could be an asset, at least to be the second ball carrier after Nick Chubb. Uh, we know what Dontrell can, Hilliard can do in the passing game. Uh, questions are obviously going to be pass pro and where he fits into the special teams race. And it looks like, for the most part, it's Hilliard and Dernish Johnson returning punts, unless they're going to use one of their more valuable assets. And that might just be more in fair catch situations. But as far as you know, what you got today, you know, offensively, um, you know, Blau even looked tough. You know, the, the pass to Dorian Baker, uh, you know, which was just a terrible, terrible, egregious call. But yeah, I think it just kind of like stalled. There was no offense really in the second half. There wasn't much of it. Uh, it just is what it is, and we're not in the business of worrying about winning or losing preseason games here anymore. It's more about you know, the growth and the maturation. Uh, Drew Forbes didn't get a ton of run. That offensive line, as poorly as they played in the first half, they played into the second half, which they needed to. Uh, some of it may be communication. Some of it may be more live bullets, live reps with each other, playing with each other. It, it's still a work in progress. And am I more confident in where the offensive line was in week 15, 16, 17 of the 2018 season as opposed to where this offensive line is now? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And it's not just from losing Zeitler. Greg Robinson didn't have a good day for the most part. Not every anybody really had a good day. But there were some positives on other facets of the game. And we're going to get those here in a bit. Was it a long day at work? Was it a tough day at school? Were you stuck late at the office? Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you. Use DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city, your town, your location. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want and eat. And your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Because even when everybody gets home, there's still stuff to be due. Whether it's, you know, whether some people do schooling at home. There's extra work to be done at home. Second jobs. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you may find a new restaurant as well. Cheesecake Factory, Chili's, whatever your favorites are. They are ready and willing through DoorDash to provide dinner for you. You don't have to go out. They will bring it in. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. That's $5 off your first order when you order, when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, capital L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no space. And don't forget, use the promo code, get $5 off your first order when you use DoorDash. Special teams, um, and this is interesting. There's some things to talk about here. Um, first things first, uh, obviously we've talked about this kicker situation ad nauseum, whether either one of these guys were going to be the guy. Uh, I think after tonight, that is dead and buried. Austin Seibert uh, obviously started hot with the big 54-yarder, then nailed the chippies, the, the other three opportunities he was given. Uh, it certainly seemed within this game that it was going to be Austin Seibert's opportunity. And I think it's over. I think Austin Seibert is going to be your kicker for the 2019 Cleveland Browns. It could be a one-week gig. It could be a two-week gig. But week one against Tennessee, it's going to be Austin Seibert's job. 
And look, buried everything was asked of him, and obviously he's got the advantage of a draft pick invested in him as opposed to Greg Joseph. I think it's going to be Austin Seibert's got a gig. There's just no way around that at this point right now. You put up a showing like he did today. Joseph may get a shot next week against Detroit, but on the road, you know, obviously no elements, obviously in Tampa Bay, but on the road, on grass, he did a fantastic job. You know, kudos to him, hats off to him. This kicker position, it seemed like the battle got better because it was, you know, as ugly as it was early. Um, but look, if you were the drafted one, essentially, quote-unquote, the chosen one with the fifth-round pick behind you, you go four for four and nail a 54-yarder. I, I think this is going to be Austin Seibert's gig to lose. Uh, Dearness Johnson, uh, again, I told you I was going to get back to him again. I thought it looked pretty good in punt returns. Obviously, there were some penalties involved and a lot of sloppiness as far as special teams and just a lot of sloppiness in general in this game. Normally, with a third-week preseason game, you expect to see things a little more tighter, a lot, a lot of penalties today. So, look, that doesn't wow you, but it just is what it is. But to Ernest Johnson, uh, not only running the ball, obviously showed he can receive the ball a little, and now, you know, showing that he can do some things with some punt returns. Uh, he's going to make this 53, and it's going to be easy, and he'll be the first one for run assignments after Nick Chubb, if need be. Uh, Hilliard for right now probably will still be the first, the first receiving option. Which is fine, but you've got yourself three backs here, and this is a concern we've talked about when we, you know, realized months and months ago that Duke Johnson was going to get moved on from. One of the things that got underrated, as far as if you watch the, you know, I watched it on NFL Network today, so I kind of got the Tampa feed of it. Uh, the first two punts from Tampa, uh, they were bad, and nothing was mentioned of it. But the Browns players dro- uh, drove the personal protector into the punter on both of them. That's impressive, and look, you know, now you're talking about kickers kicking field goals. Uh, you're, you know, getting punters off their mark. Uh, Prefer, you know, obviously doing a good job there, and look, a lot of these guys are starting to understand if you want to stick here, you're going to have to make your mark as a special teams player. It, that's what it's, it's rich people problems. It's good people problems, and this is where this team is at. Um, Damian Ratley, I was hoping to see some Damian Ratley today. Obviously, it was more Dorian Baker. Obviously, some Ish Hyman. We're going to see how that six. I'm pretty sure we're set on the five. It's Odell. It's Jarvis. Obviously, it's Rashard Higgins. I think Willie's his keeper. We think uh, Strong is going to be here. That six wide receiver spot is is still kind of up for grabs. We'll see how see how all that plays out. But special teams wise, you got you know you come out of this you know, special teams definitely with a feather in the cap. Uh, when you're disrupting a punter, Cyber putting together the day he did, it's just stuff that you enjoy. It's stuff that you need, and you take the, special teams is probably the most promising. Well, we'll get to the day, but the second most promising aspect of what was today's effort from your Cleveland Browns. Uh, obviously, guys, way to follow the show, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's Google Play, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave those five-star reviews. I mean, five-star ratings. Leave those written reviews. Always helps the show. Helps with the growth. And I appreciate everybody for uh, being along on this ride with us. Defensively. Now, uh, let's talk about that first quarter. The defensive line absolutely through the roof. Uh, Olivier Vernon, that first step against going to get rice, against right tackles, beats him, and then just buried him, put his shoulder into him, 
Miles was behind. Jameis Winston had to step up. Olivier Vernon, two sacks on the day. This is going to be a fun combination to watch because it's almost going to be more of the, you know, can you get there before I can get there type of thing. And that's what these two, A number one, it's just going to help them each just want to succeed more. But that's how both they good, how good they both are, is they accelerate quickly with their first couple of steps and pass rush. No wasted movement. It's going to be really fun to watch. And then you go to Larry Ogunjobi. There's teams now double-teaming Larry Ogunjobi, understanding what a good player he is. Now, obviously, Tampa knows a little bit about this Cleveland defensive line. They went down there last year. You know, Obviously, Tampa ended up winning the game. How that ever happened, I have no stinking idea. So Sheldon Richardson is going against you know one-on-ones and just destroying people. I mean destroying people. This defensive line, folks, it, we've talked about this. It's going to be a special, special unit, all athletic, all technically sound and getting better as they grow in their NFL careers. And all our gamers, all four of them, you put into a Gennard Avery who's still maybe trying to find his way here with the way this unit is revamped. Obviously, had an offsides penalty. But look, it's going to be real easy for some of these younger players to succeed. Chris Smith was interesting. Um, here's a guy that's kind of probably a roster fringe guy, but today was to get some activity and was going against left tackles, was going against right tackles, showing crazy activity as far as you know chasing Jameis Winston down, whether or not that second one was called a sack or not. I'm not sure that's one of those weird ones where you're right around the line of scrimmage. But Chris Smith with a fantastic showing. Um, if we're going to stick with the D-line here, Deverell Lawrence, um, we're not talking about a guy who's a fringe guy anymore. Deverell Lawrence is going to be on this team. He is going to be in this defensive tackle rotation. Um, and the most impressive thing about it is is you, he can get after the quarterback. You know, it was a year ago, not even, you know, actually a year ago, yeah, right around this time, it was a mystery. You gave up a seventh-round pick to the New Orleans Saints. You had no idea exactly what we were getting. He had a mystery career at LSU. This just reeks of a scout who knew Devereaux Lawrence, followed him, and it was, was a, hey, please just take me at my word. It would be That'll be a great story one day is how they knew this much about Devereaux Lawrence because the resume wasn't big on him. But now you're talking, what, three sacks now in two preseason games. He's really put together a nice, nice summer, and it looks like a really, really good acquisition for what turned out to be a seventh-round pick. Fantastic job of the organization on that part. Uh, linebacker. Um, let me take a sip of the drink here because I'm going to take a little sip of the tea here because I'm going to enjoy this one, guys. So, Joe Schobert. Um, look, I get a lot of, well, maybe Joe isn't that good, or let's not extend Joe for what the price is. If you're not comfortable with paying Joe Schobert what he's ultimately going to be deserved, that's fine. But Joe Schobert put together an entire stat line for a full regular season game in one half. He was everywhere. He was either in the backfield chasing the quarterback down. He was getting held. He was he was you know obviously uh, he was in you know pass defense doing his job, which is obviously one of the more one of the best traits he has. Was he tackling backs who were catching backs out on third and long? Look, guys, Joe Schobert is a phenomenal phenomenal player. 
I do understand that this Browns franchise may not value him the way I do, the way Pete does, and a bunch of us who cover the Browns outside of the Cleveland area for whatever aspect we do. Joe Schobert is a fantastic football player. He's going to get his 10-plus million this offseason. Is it in Cleveland? I don't know. But he's going to be worth every damn penny of it. This is just the type of player he is. Christian Kirksey, up, I guess, up and down. Um, you know, there were a couple of positives. Um, you feel bad for Christian Kirksey, and we've gone on this. You know, he is just a fantastic guy. It's you know, He's the kind of person, if you have a son, you want him to grow up to be like... I just think the physical limitations are starting to catch up with him early. I think maybe the injuries have done this. And the other thing is when you see a guy like Mac Wilson running around, and even our Darius Taylor, who always seems to have his nose around the ball, his nose into the action, it's going to be weird that Christian Kirksey is going to be the highest-paid linebacker on the 2019 Cleveland Browns, and his his snap count is going to be low. Very, very low. It, you know, even when Taki Taki gets healthy, he could be fourth, maybe fifth, in snap counts in the linebacker position. It's just one of those things, and you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to just cut a guy for the sake of cut of him, cutting him, and also taking the financial cap hit. Uh, he's certainly on the market. There's no doubt about it. But for what he's making, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, trade an asset for him. So that makes for an even trickier situation. Uh, Christian Kirksey's here, you know, whatever his role is going to be, I'm not really sure, but it's going to be pretty, pretty minimal in that, that respect. Uh, it was good to see Denzel Ward getting out there and this reviewing of pass interferences. I'm already done with it. It's week three of the preseason. Look, we don't need to have, and this game today went almost, what, three, three hours and 30 something minutes. We don't need to take a 60 minute football game. And push it closer to four hours. I mean, what, what, where are we headed next? Are we going to review the freaking national anthem? Are we going to review the coin toss? Just let some part of football be football. This part is getting disgusting. But you got to see Denzel Ward out there today. Um, obviously, you know, a couple injuries. Um, Greedy Williams kind of looked like a stinger. Uh, Sheldrick Redwine, same thing. Kind of looked like a stinger. So, you know, these are things, and look, neither one of these guys are into prominent roles at this point. Uh, Obviously, you still have two weeks before, you know, we kick off against the Tennessee Titans. So, but it's stuff to monitor, and it's nothing to be nervous about. Like, if this is what we're dealing with injury-wise, it's the minor of the minor, so we're not too concerned about that. Um, Look, there's been nothing major to this point. I don't think anybody's going to play next week against Detroit that's really worth a grain of salt, uh, you know, you'll probably have a nice dose of A.J. Olette and Mr. Blau. And I'll tell you what, I, li- I-, I like David Blau. I-, I think he's interesting. Um, and then this is one that got fed to me that I want brought it in the show. Where was Garrett Gilbert today? Um, it does seem weird. Uh, as promising as he was the first two weeks, why didn't he get any, any reps today? And one of the things that stands out to you is Drew Stanton, once he got to the helm, not much happened. I mean, like, literally, like, nothing happened when Drew Stanton was running this offense. You guys know my stance. Uh, if it's solo tonight because Pete was busy with his team, I can sing the praises of the AAF, greatest quarterback of all time. But Garrett Gilbert, I, I just don't understand. If it doesn't go this way where he's QB2, it's going to be strange to me. 
Baker, it's not like he's a young kid. I mean, granted, he's second year, but Baker Mayfield's 24 years old. He's he's not young in that respect. Um, if maybe there's somehow, some way, there'll be the phantom hamstring, lower back, rotator cuff, where they use Drew Stanton in the same route that they maybe went DJ Montgomery. But if it's up to me and somebody else is actually going to have to take a snap for this team, which nobody wants, we all agree, nobody wants, but if somebody else is going to have to take a snap for this team at the quarterback position, I want it to be Garrett Gilbert. Uh, A couple things just to take away from this. Guys, you had no Odell. You had no Jarvis Landry. You had no David Najoku. And you had no Nick Chubb. That is going to be 4,000 yards. That is going to be 30 touchdowns. Do not take today away as a negative. They were still up 9-0 at the half. If Baker and those guys stayed on the field, they still would have they would have won the game. Don't worry about the loss. Don't get nervous about the offense. Everything is going to be fine. And I think it's to the point where Freddie doesn't want any tape of what he's going to do with Odell and what he's going to do with Jarvis Landry. I don't think he wants anything for Tennessee to study. He doesn't want anything for the New York Jets to study. And God bless him. You got a bunch of really good toys. You want your friends coming over and breaking them and screwing them up. You don't want them blowing up your new Nintendo, you know, PlayStation 75, whatever it is. Freddie's playing this one smart here. Um, keeping it close to the vest, and then you can just unleash the havoc of what you got at the skill position. So just everybody breathe. Everybody breathe. Yes, it's week three. It's supposed to be the one that counts. It doesn't count to Freddie. Uh, you know, he said he was going to play starters. Didn't play starters. He played Baker Mayfield. Didn't really play the rest of what is going to make Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield. We're going to put a bow on this here. This has been your daily dose of all things Dog Pound. Uh, we're going to continue to roll on through here, guys, and it's closer and closer. We are two weeks away from kicking it off with Tennessee and could not be more excited. Appreciate the support. Appreciate everybody for, along, for being along for the ride. iTunes rating reviews. Smash the living daylights out of those. I uh, appreciate the uh, yeah, help with that, guys. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.